What is up, Cubs fans, and welcome to True Blue Cubs. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. It's been a long time. It has been a long time since I hit the old record button on this here old podcast, the True Blue Podcast, episode, I don't know, seven? I haven't done a lot of episodes of this podcast. If you are listening for the very first time, I'm a stamp comedian and diehard Cubs fan born and raised in the great city of Chicago. And I started the True Blue Podcast. It's interesting. I'm going to do a quick recap. Might have a lot of new listeners. Who knows? With the hopes of doing a podcast in which I would interview other diehard Cubs fans about how they became Cubs fans, their favorite moments as Cubs fans, what their first experience at Wrigley Field was like, what they see in the future, reminiscing, like all of it. We're going to run the gamut. You know what I mean? We're going to talk about past, present, future, all things Cubs. That's why I believe I have in the Twitter bio for the at True Blue Cubs. Twitter bio is simply Cubs, 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 and more Cubs. That's basically it, right? But then I got uh, poached. I got hired to uh, be the host of the Lockdown Cubs podcast for the Lockdown Network. Lockdown Podcast Network? Lockdown Sports Podcast Network? I never knew what the name of the podcast network was, I think. But uh, that was I did that for about five or six months. And it really wasn't working out for me there. Uh, no, to no one's fault. Uh, there's great people there, but uh, just the 30 minutes every day won't work, you know. But with this one, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Um, I had to take some time off from Cubs content for a while because it was very stressful. It was uh, disappointing. This has been a rough couple years as a Cubs fan. I figured I wanted to do something after the trade deadline. That's what I told myself back when I took a little hiatus. How I got involved in Cubs content as a stand-up comedian was basically because there was a global pandemic. Have you heard of it? And it shut down comedy clubs and everyone was stuck at home. So during the 2020 season, I started doing game recaps, post-game recaps. I'd be like, it's uh, Friday, August 7th, and here's your Cubs post. It's pub. What would I say? It's Cubs post-game recap time or some shit. I can't remember. And I would just, in a two minutes, two minutes, 20 seconds, whatever the limit is on Twitter, I would recap the game in like a fun way. You know what I mean? I wouldn't like break down the box score. I don't have time for that. Who gives a shit? You could do that on your own. But I would give my takes. And people seemed to enjoy them. Some videos did incredibly well. Some people didn't do great. But like overall, I got a lot of positive, positive response from it. And so I remember thinking like, all right, well, let's lean into this a little bit. This is fun. Who knows when comedy clubs are going to open again? I need something to do. I love the Cubs. And from there, it went into the 2021 season, and it slowly ended, uh, you know, after all of our heroes were traded, Blue Friday, a lot of Cubs fans refer to it, with Rizzo and Chris Bryant and Bias being traded. And, you know, whether or not that was the right move or not, we could talk about that. Sure, we could talk about it. I took the offseason off. I I wanted to step back. I thought to myself, I'm doing this lockdown Cubs podcast five days a week. I was guesting on several other Cubs podcasts. I'm also a father of two small children. They're now five and three. So they're even younger when I was doing all this and stand up comedy was opening back up and that's my true love. That's what I want to be. That's what I am. That's, you know, so I wanted to keep, I thought to myself, I'm like, I'm really taking my eye off the stand up comedy prize and focusing over here. So I was at a weird crossroads. Um, and then I decided to start up again in 2022, but I had a lot of personal shit. Like my dad died at, at the end of January of 2022 and we were extremely close and it was out of nowhere. He wasn't sick or anything. Just went to sleep, didn't wake up, which is if you read into it, that's the way people want to go. 
peacefully in your sleep. So I take solace in that. But yeah, so, you know, I just was, I started doing the recaps again for the 2022 season, knowing it wasn't a season with high hopes. Um, but that's where a lot of the frustration lied with Cubs fans, because we were told it's not going to be a rebuild. It's not going to be like 2012. And then it became very clear. No, this is going to be like 2012. Uh, hopefully it won't be as long. You know, the previous rebuild was essentially 2012 season through 2014. So three seasons of just horrible baseball. And then 2015, we won 97 games and we all know what happened in 2016. But it was just a lot of annoyance. And um, yeah, I'll go to the breakdowns of that a little later. I just wanted to kind of give everyone, because if you're going to listen to me, you're, some of you might be listening to this thinking, fuck you, Joe. You know, you were all in, then you weren't all in. Now you're back. W what's the plan here, man? Right? You got a lot of mood swings with your Cubs fandom. And damn it, that's what being a Cubs fan is like sometimes. Now, if I was hired to be a talking head, on marquee or the score where it's like, all right, well here I'm hired to cover Cubs games. I would do that professionally, but I feel like that's never been what people wanted from me. As far as Cubs content goes, I feel like a lot of people that I've gotten to know through tweeting back and forth with them, some positive, some negative, it's been like a, Hey, we're fans and we're discussing this as fans, right? If we were in person, we'd be slamming old styles, getting a little loud where the bartender would be like, do I have to kick these people out? And it's like, yo, don't worry about us. Okay. What's called passion. You know what fucking passion is? And then me and you are like, yeah, we're, we're fucking passionate Cubs fans, dude. What are you going to kick us out for being awesome? Huh? What are you a fucking Cardinals fan? That's what it'd be like, you know, but it's Twitter. So sometimes emotions get too high and all this kind of stuff. And I got depressed because a weird thing happened with Cubs fans where it wasn't enough that you agreed with trading Rizzo, Bryant, and Javi, it's that they started to root against them. And I don't know what that was. Now, everyone deals with grief in different ways, I've discovered. This has been a year of grief, and serious grief in my case, not just players being traded, but you start to pick up on things. And some people do it where, oh, let, let's, let's do a different scenario. Let's say you dated someone. You're with them for a while. You break up, and now you're running around being like, "I fuck them anyway, piece of shit." But it's really like mm, you could be an adult and just be like, "Ah, things didn't work out. We're all better off going our separate ways. Happy where they are in their new place. I wish them all the best." Which is really what the responsible thing should have been. But I started seeing fans talking all this shit, and then it went so far as to be like, "Well, let's talk about who screwed all this up. Who's to blame? Is it Ricketts for being cheap? Was it Theo for doing this? Was it Jed for doing that? Blah, 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 blah. The corner ever got better, all this kind of stuff. You know, so it's just kind of like this weird thing where I'm like, this sucks. This isn't fun anymore. And I'm worried. I was really worried for a stretch there that this was going to make me look back on 2016 in not the best way. When we all should look back in 2016 in the greatest of possible ways. When we hear 2016 as Cubs fans, we should instantly smile. And I feel like some people got to the point where they immediately were like, yeah, it was awesome, but they should have won more. Like, that's not a fun person to be. You know, all of us were like, win one World Series, we'll do anything. Please win a World Series. It finally happened. And then it was, yeah, I get it. We're greedy. We want that feeling to sustain. We don't want to go back to being lovable losers. I totally understand that. That was a lot of the anger. And that's why I was, my whole thought process was always, when they got tight with money, and I know, I know people listening are screaming through their phone or however they're listening to this shit. They didn't get tight with money. They were still top five in payroll. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Here's what I mean. They'd be top five in payroll in 2019 and in 2020 solely through 
arbitration raises players that they drafted, developed, and became rookies through the team. Bryant, Javi Baez, Contreras, all these guys, Schorber, before they cut him, they their contracts go up every year, especially Bryant, who had super two status because he was rookie of the year and MVP. So it was a very high contract. They were getting raises every year, these guys, through arbitration, and that's what essentially did it. So when I say they got cheap in 2019, 2020, 2021, I mean, they didn't make any significant free agent additions. Now, some people could say in 2019, they added Craig Kimbrell. Mm, mm, listen, Zobris' wife ended up being horrible. And because of that, Zobris went on a big leave in which he wasn't there. So that freed up money. They were no, they no longer had to pay Zobris for that. He went on a family thing where it's like, I can't be here. So that money freed up the possibility to bring in Kimbrell. If that doesn't happen, they don't get Kimbrell, which may have been a blessing in disguise in a weird way. Although once Kimbrell actually played a season where he had a had a spring training, he was great. 2019, no spring training, bad. 2020, because of the pandemic, they didn't really have a spring training. Bad for a while, but then good the second half. Remember, he started off pretty terrible, but then right around mid-August through the end of the year, he was lights out again, and then he was lights out in 2021. Now, the White Sox decided to use him as a setup man because they're dumb, and then he hasn't been the same, and now he's aging a little bit. But had they been smart and signed like a Zach Britton, who was a free agent that offseason going into the 2019 season, they probably don't lose as many games as April, May, and June when they had kind of a messed up bullpen. Remember, Pedro Strope had to become the closer, and Brandon Morrow was injured from previous year, from 2018 season, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, so again, we go back and forth about what happened and all this kind of stuff. It, it, I, I decided I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to talk about who's to blame and what happened, why we're in the predicament we're in. What I want to talk about is the right now and going forward as Cubs fans, because I want to start having fun as a Cubs fan again. And there's now that this trade deadline's gone, that's why I kind of thought after this trade deadline, that'll be the best spot to kick off this podcast again, you know? Um, because I figured Wilson Contreras and most likely Ian Happ would be gone, but it's looking as though they're, I mean, it's not looking as though they're not, they're here. Are they going to be here forever? I don't know. Let's we'll talk about that in a moment, but again, I want to just reiterate one real quick. Cause I want to be clear about what I'm trying to do with this podcast and why I want people to listen to this and, and participate. And, and, you know, we're going to have a good time with it is because look, Wrigley field is special. The Cubs are special. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a Cubs fan more than a Wrigley field fan. Let me let me clarify that though. I love Wrigley Field, one of my favorite places on planet Earth. But there are some people who are Wrigley Field fans first, and I've never been the biggest fans of those Cubs fans. You know, like remember when there was flirting with the idea of like there was rumors, oh maybe the, the Rosemont's going to build a big stadium for the Cubs or what? I didn't love that because I don't like the Cubs not playing in the city limits. But if someone told me, hey, we're going to build another Wrigley Field in the city limits, but not where Wrigley Field is because they just can't build. So we can have a 50,000 seat stadium, all this other amenities that the, you know, all night games, the neighbor was always fighting them on how, how many night games they could get before all this other stuff. But we're going to be that top spender in, in all of baseball. We're going to make the Dodgers and Yankees look like the A's and Rays. What do you say? I'd be like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. You need help, you know, help moving. Cause I care about winning more than anything. I want the team to win saying that though, there's gotta be some 
it's got to be enjoyable too. I don't, I really hope we're not getting into a pattern where every five to seven years, all of our favorite players are going to get shipped out for a new run. I don't like that. Um, as a sports fan, yeah, I root for the team, number one, but the players are the team, right? You know, it's just, it'd be a real sad state of affair because if, What's the point of ever buying a player's jersey again? I'm not going to buy a Pete Crow Armstrong jersey if I think he's gone in five years after he debuts or six years after he debuts because the team doesn't want to ever pay for past performance. And then also you're going to have trouble. You will have trouble as a franchise in Major League Baseball if you don't occasionally reward your guys with contracts that are, are market value or even above market value. Every team overpays for somebody. And you, you might as well do it for a fan favorite. That's that's what killed me about, you know, I, I understood Bryant and Baez going. Rizzo's the one that still kills me because you couldn't, on paper, you couldn't create a guy who would better represent your franchise than Anthony Rizzo. Now, I mentioned being a stamp comedian. I performed twice at Anthony Rizzo's charity events. I did the one in 2019. or No, 2018. There wasn't one in 2019 because he did his honeymoon. He typically do them. They're called laugh off for cancer. You do them the Thursday before the Cubs convention. And then the other one was 2020. So I did those two. I hosted the 2021 actually, which was really cool. And there's not a better human. He's mother Teresa, this guy, you know what I mean? We're in Italian chains. That's, that's what this dude is like. So, you know, again, what a representative of your team. This is what every team hopes for to have on their franchise. Someone who's great off the field, great on the field, great with the press, gives money to kids with cancer. I mean, what the? So that one was heartbreaking. But again, don't want to go in the past. Don't want to dive into that. I'm just bringing that up because, as much as it's about winning, um, teams, I, I want I want my franchise to show some loyalty, because I think that's best for the health of your franchise and the future of your franchise. I'm not saying you give ten year deals out to anyone who was a good dude, right? I'm not saying that at all, but when someone kills it for you and has been great for your team for a long time and he wants six years, but all your baseball guys are like, we only think he's going to give us three to four productive years. You go, so what? It's fine. It's fine. It's worth it to me. This person has done everything we could have possibly asked them to do. And they had years in which they put up $20 million worth of value and we gave them 2 million. It's fine. You know, that's, that's what you want out of your organization. And if we're paying the highest ticket prices in baseball, we deserve that as fans too. Right. I'm so, I was sick and tired of seeing, you know, all these other teams hold on to their fan favorites for a long time. And we're not now, of course you don't want to pay for past performance. You don't want to get in the habit of that, but every now and then it's good in certain players cases because it shows the rest of the league. Hey, we, the Chicago Cubs, we value our players. You come here, you give 150%, we're going to take care of you. That, you know what I mean? And that's what the notion could be. And that'll actually save you money. That, that would. Because free agents will then take less to come play for an organization like that. Before the big thing with the Cubs was they had, oh man, I would love to be part of the team that breaks the 108-year curse. I, I want to be on that team that wins the World Series that finally does the impossible. That's why John Lester signed with the Cubs. He took less to be here. The Giants and Red Sox offered him more money. Lester took less. 
to be a Chicago Cub. Hayward, which is funny, he took less. He had higher offers as well. He, we were the fourth highest offer. He chose us. Same with Ben Zobris. Zobris, I remember, had the, the Mets at a pretty sizable offer because they wanted to replace Daniel Murphy with Ben Zobrist. Zobrist chose the Cubs. So if we want that again going forward, big name free agents saying, you know what, yeah, we'll take 5 to $10 million off to play for that organization. I think we're going to have to start showing some loyalty again. We've got to, you got to respect those who do great things for you. And with that, let's talk about the trade deadline. You're hearing this on uh, Wednesday, August 3rd. Took place. It was craziness. First of all, why 5 p.m.? Why does Major League Baseball do it at 5 p.m.? I don't know. I guess that's a good time. But there, there's so much more that they could do. with Major League Baseball, I could do a whole other hour podcast on that, about how terrible they are in marketing and all the other things they do. But the trade deadline, it was craziness. The Cubs did not trade Wilson Contreras, which is shocking to most people. Ian Happ, they have another year of control. Still, people were probably a little shocked, but then also thinking, ah, you have another year. You, you, there's no gun to your head in that situation. David Robertson got traded to the Phillies for um, a guy named Ben Brown. Almost sounds like a fake creative player name. And uh, doesn't it kind of like, remember in MVP baseball for Xbox 2005, MVP baseball, one of the greatest baseball video games ever. They couldn't get Barry Bonds, so they like John Dowd. That's what it, Ben Brown sounds like. That also the fake name that you'd see like in a video game. He looks good though. Six, six. He's got some stuff. I think that was a good trade. I really like the acquisition there. I like what we got from the Yankees in return for Scott Efros. Another shocking move because Efros has five more years of control. I didn't realize he was 28 as a rookie. This is a guy we draft and develop. There's going to be a lot more rookies. They're going to be a little bit older. I think he just turned 28. We have to remind ourselves the pandemic year wiped an entire year. There were no, there was no minor league baseball the entire 2020 season. So there'll be more and more players debuting a year later than they should. Just a little reminder, 27, 28, still on the older side. And I'm not saying this as an endorsement to wisdom and Trindell who are both 29, 30. I'm bringing this up just for future reference. When you see a player that's about to get knocking on major league baseball's door, you know, some guy tearing up triple a, he gets called up and you're like, this guy's 26. What the hell? Yeah. Give it a little leeway there is my point. So um, I didn't I get I didn't look at the Michael Givens return. Michael Givens was traded the Mets. Didn't I'm not sure what the return is on that. I gotta dig deeper. I don't want to be one of those guys that talks out of his ass. So I'm not gonna pretend I know how good that return is. Um, so the trade of nothing but relievers. Surprised Ortega didn't get moved, but also like I don't think he's gonna get you a ton. So whatever, right? Wisdom, we again, we got some years of control there. Maybe the deals just didn't, nothing locked up the way they wanted to. Maybe Major League Baseball was like, hey, we have Patrick Wisdom on a lot of posters for this Field of Dreams game that the world's going to be disappointed on because for some stupid-ass reason, we chose the Reds and Cubs, two rebuilding teams. Not really sure why they did that. Now, I'm a notorious, not a White Sox fan. I'm not a White Sox fan at all. But there are people who are like, it should be White Sox every year. And I'm like, I guess that makes sense a little bit because they had something to do with the movie. But it's also like a weird thing to be like, hey, you guys cheated 100 years ago. So now we're going to celebrate you every year on national television in a cornfield. I, I just I'm cool with baseball picking different teams every year. Uh, I like the throwback uniforms and all that, but I, the Cubs and Reds, I don't know what they were thinking. And as a Cubs fan, it pains me to say that. You know, it's like as a Bears fan when it's like, oh my God, we've got three Monday night football games this year. We're going to get embarrassed three times this season. Shit, right? It's kind of, it has that kind of feeling. So wisdom not being dealt with surprising. 
Uh, Drew Smiley not being moved. A lefty starting pitcher that could be used out of the pen too. I I don't get that one. I know he's had some injury problems this year, but he's been solid enough. That's that's the head scratcher. Now, Wilson Contreras is the main guy I want to talk about with you guys the next 10 minutes here. I'm going to keep this to a 30-minute podcast, and then going forward, we're keeping closer to 1520. That way I could do them more often. I'm not promising five days a week or anything like that, but a few times a week, right? That's fun. So Wilson Contreras, all right. Love this man to death. Um, again, the guy's been with the organization for 14 years. Look at him. Look at the passion, this guy, right? Always pounding his chest, screaming, hyping his teammates. Just a great guy, a guy you want around. I think the biggest thing that made so many Cubs fans this year think to themselves, shit, I want him with the next wave. He can mentor them. I thought this great moment when Christopher Morrell had a game-winning sack fly, Wilson on Dexter was like, yo, get, looked at him and said, hey, breathe. And then you see Morrell breathe. And then he was, that's, that's just valuable. I mean, we've seen the emotions Wilson's gone through. Now, I've been screaming extend for a while, and I know other people have too, but it is strange. Cubs Twitter is angry because he wasn't traded, which I get in a way because it's like, listen, if you're not going to extend him and you made him go through all this emotional hell, he had a terrible month of July. Most people think the trade rumors were really weighing on him, and they were. You looked at Wilson. The dude was aging, right? He looked like he just did four years in the Oval, and He's saying, like, I just want this over with. This has been so stressful. I love it here. I'm sad to go. He's tearing up every other interview. He's hugging teammates tight. He's soaking in it at Wrigley, just staring at the Ivy. It was a lot. It was a lot. Now, with all that said, we need to talk about Jed Hoyer and what Jed Hoyer said. Jed Hoyer um, gave a statement, a little press conference. And here's, I'll just read it to you. It's on the screen if you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, this was from Ryan Herrera. Good dude at CHGO Cubs, part of that CHGO network. A lot of great dudes over there. I'm a big fan of what they're doing, so support whatever CHGO is doing. Ryan Herrera in particular and all those guys at the CHGO Cubs podcast. Here's Jed's quote. He says, I think that maybe there was this assumption that we would definitely move him. There was never anything said by us. You guys didn't say anything. It was the problem. But if you want to keep things close to the chest, I can understand that and respect that. That's me adding. He didn't say this. He then goes on. We're not going to talk about contract negotiations, but obviously I've been in communication with his agents throughout the month. I'll address it in a second. We never gave any message to anyone that was like, we're going to trade him at all costs. We're obviously going to discuss him with teams. And if it makes sense for the Cubs, we'll do it. I think he knew that, but obviously I think there was the assumption based on last year and what we did. And I do feel for him on the emotional toll saying goodbye to people thinking you played your last game with the Cubs and then obviously not being traded. I think there's a yo-yo impact on that. But again, it's based on, it's not based on any mis-messaging from our side. We never said that. We just never found a, a deal that came to the right value. He, he was saying basically going to trade him for the sake of trading him. We didn't like any of the minor leagues in return. We're not going to take prospects that we don't love their talent even if they're ranked in a certain spot, just to have them. And that I could understand and respect. That from Jed, all right, I could get that. If it's like, but you have to extend Wilson Contreras now. Now, the reason I kind of hesitated there and was about to further dive in was because he said we've been in constant contact with his agent this past month. Wilson made it seem like I haven't heard anything. So I don't know how these guys are doing it now. It's very annoying. Um, I got to imagine Wilson talks to his agent. Is his agent saying, hey, listen, I'm talking to them. You don't worry about it. Maybe, 
So when they asked, hey, have you talked to Jed? Maybe Wilson's being honest when he's like, no, I have not. But he could have said, I haven't, but my agent is, or I, I don't know. I don't know. I know Wilson is an emotional guy and a passionate guy. A lot of you may have saw on Instagram uh, a couple days ago, he deleted almost every time with the Cubs and then he put the pictures back up and I don't know. I don't, it's, it's a conundrum. Uh, you know, it's, but I don't think it's a failure. Not it's a failure. If they don't extend them, if they keep them, if, Look, with the thing with the comp pick too, I tweeted myself that worst case scenario was that uh, the Cubs were going to, so it's someone saying that I predicted this, by the way, I really can't believe I was right about this. All right, here, I'll just tell you what I tweeted. I tweeted this a good two hours before. Um, yeah, here's what, eight hours ago from where I am now. So I think two hours before the trade deadline. You guys are hearing this on a Wednesday. I record, I'm recording Tuesday now. Anyway, here we go. I tweeted, here's a scenario. The Cubs don't get any offers they love. They keep Happen Wilson, have two months to go negotiate an extension with Wilson. And if it doesn't happen, make a qualifying offer that if he rejects, you get a compensation round draft pick. That's what I thought. Now, some people go, no, that is the worst case scenario. Because there's, they had to have been able to get more value than a compensation round draft pick. Now, look, there's been some all-stars taken with those compensation picks. It's not like a number seven pick. It's kind of like a wedge between a second and third round pick, sometimes a first and second round pick. I got to double check the rules on that. But if that's the case, they don't make an extension these next two months. And some people are like, why would Wilson sign the extension? They dicked him around. He should see what his market value is. And then if the Cubs give him the best offer, then he could sign with them. Okay, that's fine too. That's fine too. But I want Wilson on this team the next four years at least. Four-year deal, five, fifth-year option, right? Fifth-year automatic if certain if he plays X amount of games, certain amount of production. I think that's fair. I think he signs that. I don't think he breaks the bank. I don't think he's going to get Salvador Perez's deal, but I think he could get close to it, and I think that's totally fair. And I don't think it's a deal that's going to make Cubs fans be like, oh my God, we're tied into this. No, I don't see that at all. Especially with the DH now, he brings a lot to the table. I know Miguel Amaya just started playing again, but once he's been back for three games, Miguel Amaya, there's a lot to like about Miguel Amaya, but he's not ready. And I don't think he's going to be maybe in two to three years, but even so, if he, if he comes barging through the way Wilson Contreras did in 2016, because remember the Cubs had Miguel Montero and David Ross as their catching tandem. Ross was solid in 2016, and he was 100% going to start every John Lester game. But Montero wasn't giving you the offensive production you wanted, and you weren't really getting it from Rossi either, if we're being honest. So the Cubs brought up Contreras, who was just undeniable. And what, what he, we all know what he did. He made an immediate impact. So if Amaya does that, then it's a good problem to have. You're in a good problem. You're in a good area. You know what I mean? So not trading him. Keeping him around for two months, letting him walk for the compensation pick. Yeah, that's not ideal. But maybe the Cubs are really loving the way they're drafting these days. Or if they're getting that compensation pick, maybe then it increases the odds of them signing a free agent who could be tied with a qualifying offer compensation pick. Carlos Rodon is 100% going to hit the open market and he's going to be looking for a big deal. 
This will be like his second season in a row. Well, let me see how he finishes, though, because remember he had that great season in 2021 with the White Sox, but faded at the end and got a little like shoulder fatigue and stuff. Let's see if he finishes strong. If he finishes strong, obviously the Giants are going to offer him a qualifying offer. He's going to reject that. He hits the open market. I would love for the Cubs to go after him. I really would because they we need an ace. Marcus Stroman's a two. I'll put Keegan Thompson comfortably at three. Justin Steele's your four. Hendricks, your five, a left-handed starter, ace, top of the rotation. That's Carlos Rodon. Now, there's other guys that might be available if you have a trade, but the starting pitching free agent market is thin. It's thin. So that's what you need right there. Now, I could, I'll, I'll talk about Happ in another episode. There's no need to dive into that again because it wasn't immediate for him. We have him next year. We do have a lot of outfield prospects coming through these upcoming years. So extension for him again, I'll save that one. I'll save that one. So I'm happy Wilson Contreras is around. I've been wanting, you know, him to stick around. I'm glad they didn't trade for the sake of trading because how many prospects do you need? Sometimes I do. I, I'm serious with that. We're already ranked top five by fan graphs. Other ones will put us in the top 10. I love, I love a lot of the guys we have. We don't know where these guys that in the latest draft are going to rank coming through and all that kind of stuff. We're, we're picking high next draft as well so right we're in a good spot we're in a very good spot so it's one of those things where i'm glad wilson Contreras gonna be a cub for the next couple months and hopefully they gotta extend him though five years 80 million i don't know i gotta really dive into the numbers but hopefully that's what's got going forward and cubs fans were pissed off when we're like we're directionless and all that kind of stuff you know, a lot of you pro rebuild people might be feeling the way us let's spend some money people are feeling right now, where you're a little bit like, I don't get it. And now you're losing a little trust. Let's not, the reason I don't, the same way I don't judge, um, you know, a draft right away. A lot of people are like, I give that draft to see, I give that, dude, it just happened. You don't fucking know. I'm not going to judge this trade deadline right away. I'm going to say I'm happy Wilson Contreras and Ann Happ are still Cubs. They're both all-stars, and I think they could be part of the next great Cubs team. I really believe that. They're not guys who are going to break the bank on you. It's not going to be anything. that They're not blocking anyone immediately. So um, this was a good day for me in that sense. But they need to do more. And an extension for Wilson Contreras would be great because maybe you get him a little bit before market, right? He's happy. He's feeling good now. That's when you ask him. You know what I mean? That, that's... You know what I mean? You ask you ask your parents for for money on a Friday night when they're in a good mood. You know what I mean? Mommy and daddy come home from work and they're pissed off, huffing and puffing, kicking shit down. You know, go, yo, dad, can I get 10 bucks? He's going to be like, you, fuck you, 10 bucks. You know what I mean? So now Wilson, he looked so happy. You know, the Cubs lost to the Cardinals and that always sucks. But Wilson looked, he got a triple, smiling around the bases. Post game, he's like, I'm so happy this is over. I'm still a Cubs. This is great. He was glowing. This is when you say, hey, let's sit down. You want some steak? Look at a little lobster. You write some money on a piece of paper. You send it over his way, and hopefully he signs on the dotted line, and we've got Wilson Contreras anchoring this next great Cubs team. If Yadi Molina, his overrated ass, could be a Cardinal forever, can't we have Wilson Contreras forever? Can we just have one person, please? All right, Cubs fans. Thank you for listening to True Blue Cubs. You'll be hearing a lot more from me. And as always, go Cubs.